decision. When you are a perfect God, perfect in righteousness, holiness, in all of your ways. So we surrender. We surrender this text. We surrender the preaching of your word. We surrender our children, covenant children to you. We surrender all. That is our prayer today. It's in your name, your name which is above all names, in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team. something I normally don't do. Let me set this back. Well, while I'm walking over here to get my cell phone, you can, we have these nice new chairs that finally got off the Indian Ocean somewhere, and we finally made it to us from California and everywhere else. And so, as I promised to you, that when we got our chairs and we got these Bibles, they call pew Bibles, and meaning that we're going to be preaching through this, and so, I'm not going to be putting up as much scriptures as I have been accustomed of doing, but I want you to touch it. I want you to feel it. I want you to get used to turning the pages. Just in case Google, YouTube, TikTok, and all of the social media, Amazon, Bezos, and all of them, said one day, we're going to shut all the internet down. You know how to read this. <laughs> so, stand to your feet. Grab one of these Bibles and turn to the um, page, um, um, page, I got yeah, I should have had it already, page 83. Now, for you smart Christians who've been around for a while, you can just continue to use your beat up old AESV Bible, but for new Christians who are still learning to figure this thing out, um, this is just to be a good way to stay tracking with me, so I want you to start using this as we go. So here we go, chapter 3, starting at verse 17, and we'll read it from the ESV translation. Here it goes. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that this Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said that the Lord God would raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets have, who have spoken from Samuel and those who came from after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers. Saying to Abraham, 
and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. The grass withers and the flowers fade. You may be seated. in chapter 1 where we first see the apostles inquiring of Jesus in verse 6 they say Lord will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel this Greek word rendering of the word restore or the word that I'm using today restoration it means to change to a previous good state. To cause again to be, this is restoration. The apostles' question to Jesus is a question that we all think about as we see the world around us, I know I do, getting darker and darker. Unending violence and wars. Our hearts and our souls long for restoration. When we see, like we saw last week, a baby maternity hospital being bombed in Ukraine. I don't know if many of you saw that on the news. Children, moms, one of the most saddest things I've ever seen in my 55 years. We all say to ourselves when we see things like that, how long, oh Lord? But this longing for peace, you might have it in your heart here today. The longing for harmony and hope of a better something. Where there are no more sorrows, no more sufferings. It is a real human desire. We all have it. Come on, how long should we just have to hear sirens and people getting cancer, people dying? In fact, I got text yesterday of a dear friend of mine and said, pray for him. And, and he was in um, the IU and just went in to get a uh, dialysis and had a seizure. And next thing you know, he's fighting for his life. These things are real. As a pastor and I hear and see a lot of these things come to my phone a lot. So this longing for peace, no sorrow, it's real. Um, there is a concept used among theologians. Theologians is just a big word for people who like to read the Bible a lot. It's called an already but not yet, which means that Christians, if you're a Christian here today, that you and I are totally taking part in the kingdom of God right now, even as I'm speaking to you, that you are already taking part of the kingdom of God. Although the kingdom will not reach its full expression until sometime in the near future where there will be what I call here a complete restoration of all things. 
those of you who are new to the faith and some of you, because I'm a pastor that knows my flock, the sheep, um, and this is a statement for you. And those of you who are still seeking to learn and to know this Bible, which we will go through and read it, hold it, not knocking the up on the screen, but I really want us to know this Bible. And this Bible that is sitting right now in your lap, you're holding it in your hand. That Christianity was first granted to the Jewish people. It didn't come to us Gentiles. I don't think, I don't believe by looking at some of your faces, Karen, you don't look like you're Jewish. Um, kosher food. I, I know you, you got the hair, look, but it, it, looks, it looks pretty Jewish. But we see here um, Christianity was granted to the Jewish people, which we call the ethical, ethnic, biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then we get the 12 tribes from Jacob, 12 tribes of Israel. And therefore, the backdrop to Peter's sermon happening in this temple, as we spoke about last week about the lame man, is that speaker, Peter is addressing his Jewish brothers. He's addressing them. And this is why in verse 17, Peter speaks to the hearers on that day. They all have a shared identity in Jewish history. I want you to understand, they're not Christians. Not yet. Something needs to happen first. And Peter speaks to them in verse 17. He says, and now, brothers, that's a word to say, hey, my Jewish kindred brothers and sisters of Jewish history and Jewish identity. And Peter says to them, I know, he says, that you, those who were there on that day inside that temple in Jerusalem, Peter says, I know you acted in ignorance. And Peter goes on, as did your rulers. Peter said, I know that you acted in ignorance. And as did your rulers. And then he says in verse 18, but what God foretold by the mouth of that this Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. You can see here again, and each time I come across this in the book of Acts, I am going to highlight it. It says, it was foretold, foreknowledge. And so what we see here in the text, Peter is saying, you see human responsibility and divine providence side by side or sovereignty. You're responsible, though you say I'm ignorant. Yet God is sovereign over the situation. I like that. That helps me a lot. Put here in my notes, what is providence? We throw that word around. I know we're the young church. I keep bringing it up because I want you to really begin to rest in your life, who you are, where you are, where you was born, who your parents were, who your parents are, and you can understand that none of that's not by accident. All of that is by design or ordination or decree. It's a good thing. The 
providence, it means God complete, holy, and wise, and powerful, preserving, and governing every creature in every action. Peter says, you acted in ignorance, but God foretold through his prophets that Christ would suffer and die. Not by accident. He got hung on the cross. Christ, Jesus, God saw the whole scene. Peter said, you acting in ignorance, but God was there. This means that you can rely. Peter, you need to sit down. Take a deep breath. God's got tomorrow covered. <laughs> Lord, pray the NBA team, God already knows who's going who's to keep the winning. He can see all, all the back there. Y'all think Tom Brady winning no championship because he's just better than everybody. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you think that. <laughs> they want that money. Never mind. I'm getting off track here. <laughs> but you can relax. God is working his purposes in all things. And I put it in my notes, even in Ukraine right now. You and I may not understand it, but from God's vantage point, he's working out his plan. And yet, in the Ukraine situation and all over the world, there is human responsibility because God has said in his word over and over again, and here's where I want you to turn to page 1102. I want you to see this in Acts um, 17. I've quoted this scripture before, and I'm going to quote it again today. In um, page 1102, on the right-hand side uh, in Acts, it says that in verse 30, and this is what's important about as it relates to this ignorance thing. It says, the times of ignorance God overlooked. Because I think some people were coming for God on Judgment Day, but God, I really didn't know. I didn't really know that I should have gotten married and said, I do, and jumped the broom. I didn't know that. Nobody never told me that. God can go, uh-uh. Uh-uh, he's going to be shaking the head. The Holy Spirit's going to be shaking the head. Jesus going to be shaking the head. The angel be shaking their head like, no, 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 no. We saw you at Urban Hope on March 27th at 10.30 a.m. Put him up on the picture. We took a TikTok of you. <laughs> the angels got keep good records. And God said, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Verse 31, because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So here you see the writer saying, uh-uh, no more ignorance. As you see here in this word, our ignorance does not leave us without responsibility or excuse. And so this is why Peter, on that day in the temple, he said, you acting in ignorance. But the prophets foretold that he was going to die, suffer, be raised from the grave. So this is why Apostle Peter 
could call them, those Jewish brothers, to repent, it says in verse 19. Repent and turn back, Peter says. He says, repent and turn back. This word repent means to turn back to God and change one's way of life as the result of a complete change of thought and attitude with regard to sin and righteousness. Peter says, Jewish brothers, repent. Turn back to God. This word repent was the first thing we see Jesus call people to do. You don't have to go there. I'm going to read it to you. In Matthew Gospel, after Jesus had been tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, verse 4, chapter 17, verse 17, it says, after Jesus came out of the wilderness of being tempted by the devil, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach. What did he say, Pastor Hardy? Saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't come says, God so love you. He says, repent to the whole world and to all of those Jewish people surrounding Galilee. Repent, he says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This important doctrine called repentance, brothers and sisters, right now in our modern time, it is being left out of the modern contemporary church liturgy. You see, we do it here every Sunday, but you can go into most churches and never even hear the word repent. Repent. Turn back to God. Turn from your way and turn to the way. There's not many ways, neither. I know if you go on the most college campuses, say, you think there's only one way to God? Yes. <laughs> Let me hear the tell you. No. One way. There's one way to the Father, and that's through the cross, and that's Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, verse 6. And this ideal of repentance is being left out. Politicians, police agencies, social justice movements, and even some professing Christians all want there to be some form of restoration. Make it good, Pastor Hardy. Just, just come together. How come we all just can't get along? How come we just can't love our neighbor as we love ourselves? How come we just can't get it right? You even got professing Christians who want this form of restoration. Back to the good old days, whatever those good old days were. I think Trump had that. I know I'm bringing in politics. Trump said, make America great again. I don't know what he was talking about. Back to, I mean, is he talking back to Genesis chapter 2? Before, slick, before Sloop was showed up? <laughs> Y'all know what I mean by Sloop. You need to look it up. Google it. It's a real term. Talking, referencing Satan. I saw a news clip this weekend where um, they were discussing youth violence happening all across America. From the burbs all the way to the inner city. Everyone's asking, man, what is going on? 
what's happening? Why can't kids just be regular, normal kids? Can't we just put the, um, the rabbit back into the box? What's happening? What's going on in our country? What's going on in our world? Well, I would tell you, all of America needs to hear what Peter said 2,000 years ago to those Jewish people inside that temple. When he says, repent, America, and turn back. Back to who? Back to God. That's what the problem is. Repent and turn back. Back to God. Well, my first slide, I only have one slide. I had Pastor Chad quote this verse in the time of repentance. I don't know what he said because I was out there. And so, but I didn't give him this version of it, so I wanted to make it a little cleaner for you. ESV can be somewhat doctrinal heavy. So I said, let me get a little NLT, New Living Translation. That's more like everyday reading. And so, try not to use this translation a lot because it can have you thinking one thing, but so you just got to know your Bible really well when you use it. And so I said, I want to use it, but so Chad talked about the time of repentance, and so I, I put it in there because I want you to see, because Peter is in that temple today, he says, repent. And I've explained to you what repentance is. And so here it is, it says, for the kind of sorrow God wants, it's what he desires, us to experience leads us away from sin. Notice every time you hear God talk about repentance, it is always leading us from sin. If you go to a church and the pastor is constantly telling you it's just okay to keep sinning, don't listen to Pastor Hardy. He's a legalist. He's a law guy. He's, he don't really understand his Bible. You need to pick up, you know, do the one thing that's what they do in the old black church and just walk out real fast like Hussein Bolt and take off running to your car and never come back to it. But notice what the Bible says about repentance. This sorrow. It always leads us away from sin and it results in what? Salvation. Then it says, but there is no regret for that kind of sorrow but worldly sorrows, you see this a lot. We see it a lot here at Urban Hope. Worldly sorrow, here it is, which lacks true repentance, results in spiritual death. It means you just feel bad about something. Maybe you just feel bad you got caught. Like, man, I knew I was cheating on my girl, telling my wife, I ain't silly. But as soon as the opportunity comes again, I'm going to be doing it again. It's that kind of, you're not really... You're not really looking at it from the vantage point of God. It's just this kind of, that's why it calls it worldly sorrows. It's not really a, a really broken contrition of heart where you just realize you are just undone in the presence of Jesus Christ. You just know that this is wrong. So Paul says the sorrow that God wants is this, this, this brokenness. Repentance that leads to salvation. What Paul said. This repentance that leads to that, which is the beginning of what I call the restoration process. And so 
point out three things here from the text that comes from this repentance. Here we go. There are three gospel blessings that will happen to those who heed to the gospel message of the kingdom by bearing fruit, as John the Baptist says to the Jewish people, by bearing fruit in keeping with repentance, which is the beginning of our restoration that will eventually be consummated in the restoration of all things. Repentance, the starting line. You're hearing the message today. God is always telling his people, he said, I'm not overlooking your ignorance. He has fixed the day where every human soul, even cute baby Elizabeth Jane Bowman. We call her Ellie. You know me, I'm going to help. I'm going to mix it up, so just get used to it. I'm going to probably call her Ella. That's just going to be me and her. You know, I see her running around. Give me Ella. <laughs> but we know who we're talking about. Even baby Ella. Josiah, Nora, all of the babies that are being baptized. They will all come before the Almighty in what a day it will be. But there are three blessings that come from this when you adhere or repent and you have this kind of um, true repentance that leads us away from sin and it results in salvation. There are three gospel blessings that you see here in the text. The first one, it says, and he, Peter says, repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins be blotted out, forgiven. This term blotted out means wipe away, erased, or obliterating, thus leaving no trace. God has the power to take your past your present sins, and your future sins. And he totally obliges them out. He obliterates them, leaving no trace. This is why we can be here. Man, imagine if all of our sins was on us this morning. Man, some of the stuff we did, oh, my goodness, especially some of us older people in the room. Please, Lord, don't bring it up. <laughs> Man, my goodness, y'all can only know some of the stuff we used to do. Oh, you wouldn't, man. You was like, Pastor Houghton, you was like that? Yes. That's what salvation is. <laughs> you're not the first sinner, <laughs> and you're not the only one. So Peter says, when you repent, God's going to blot out all of your sins. This power of forgiveness is beyond what any doctor or physician can do in their medical practices. They can't give it to you. Your counselor can't give it to you. The counselor 
who sits on the holy hill, Jesus the Christ, he can give it to you, but not a man-made counselor. All they can do is look at you, you know, it'll be $280. <laughs> they can't give you forgiveness. Theologian John Stott says, he tells a story, he's an English guy, John Stott, some of us who study theology, chatting on him, they know who this guy is. He tells a story of a director of a large mental institution. And now in my experience, I have seen this with people. What I'm about to give you is quote of what this doctor said. John Stock tells the story of a, of a director of a large mental institution in England said to him, I will send half of my patients home tomorrow. If only they could find forgiveness. Most of the sickness that we see, backache, pain, migraine, it's unforgiveness in the people. And people haven't really come to understand the grace and forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. Sin has a way of just weighing us down. It's like a heavy burden. You, only you know it. You just, I don't feel right. I, I, I murdered someone. I, I did him or her wrong. I left my wife or my, or, my, or my husband when I should not have done so. And people carry this guilt. I treated my mom wrong, and now she's dead. I treated my dad wrong, and now he's gone. And this leads to drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and all kinds of sexual addictions. It's just us trying to find some kind of peace. Peter says on that day, when we repent, true godly sorrow, there's a Blocking out. Feel that sickness. Let that sink in on you. A blotting out of all of your sin. Man, God, I'm so sorry that I did what I did. And God says, in him, there is forgiveness. That's what Peter says. And that's the beginning of a process that's moving us towards what? Restoration. Which is taking us back. Back to the original. And then Peter says in the second thing, he says to these people in, in the temple on that day, to Jewish people, he says, repent, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. Verse 20, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. What does he mean? What is he talking about? Times of refreshing. See, I'm in that time right now. New chairs came in. I said, whoa, Mike, you picked out the best chairs. I said, how'd you get the color right? You know, I'm a color guy. I'm scheming up. You know, you know, it's black culture. I mean, we're going to colorize it. I know. My white brother says, it's okay. You don't have to color. You know, I'm going to put the green because the green in the glass. We're going to do it right. So I had the white watch on. We're going to make sure the color match. I said, Michael, man, you must, did you do this? I said, Pastor, you know I had that. Some people over there at Covenant. What do you call those people? Color scheme, people crash, they pick the colors out. I came in on front and said, Michael Bowen, man, you showed yourself. I might have to give you a raise. And I said, nah, I ain't going to do that. Because <laughs> I know that wasn't you. 
But I was giving them credit. And now, some of y'all laughing, but me and Dion and Sandra can remember, and Patrick and Emily, so you're sitting in comfortable chairs, cushy chairs, air conditioned running, sound is good. But we remember where there were no times of refreshing. It's 185 degrees here in Birmingham in the deep south. There's no air, and the chairs were yellow like a banana. And they were hard, right, Dion? I said, Lord, I need some times of refreshing. Now, I'm in it now. What does that mean? Brothers, listen, hear me well. On this journey of Christianity, you will experience times of drought where you will believe and feel and sense that God is nowhere with you. Your prayers will hit the floor. Especially when you're suffering, money is short, relationships are not good. You're just feeling like, man, what is wrong? And that's part of the Christian life. It's not always cushy chairs, air conditioners, good sound, good keyboards, and all of that. There are just what we call seasons of drought, hard times, dry seasons. Some of you have had a, you've had a multiple of them. You just feel like, God, where are you? Where are you at right now? You just sense that. What Peter is saying here, on this road of Christianity, he said, brothers, there will be times of refreshing where the Lord will be so real to you. I think my brother Noah's going through a season like that. Well, you can just, in reading the word, you start crying. Seeing, you just know when you're sinning, you're just like, yo, I'm so sorry. It's just, you open up the word, and the morning, next thing you know, you're weeping. You're, you're not even trying to. You're just like, man, I can't stop crying. I, what's happening to you? You just, you just feel God's love. You just feel his, 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 his affirmation to you. Some of you are in that season. I can see my hand right now. And you're like, God, just like, get up. I cry a lot when I pray. I just like, where's this coming from? Times are refreshing. Moments of where God is just assuring you, you're his son, you're his daughter, and he will be faithful. That's what Peter is saying. Times when you just worship, and when you're worshiping God, you see it here, you just start crying in the worship. As soon as parents start singing, you just start crying. You're like, why are you crying? And the other person is in the dry spell, like, man, I couldn't feel God and sense God if he came up to me and slapped me. <laughs> but the person next to you, they're in the spring. They're in the summer. And Peter says there will be times of refreshing. It's one of the blessings of the gospel. And then my last point. Peter says, have here the restoration of all where Peter says in this text there's going to be a restoration of all things let me read it he says in verse um, 20 he says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring 
all the things about which God spoke of his holy prophets long ago. Peter says, Jesus is in heaven to the right hand of the Father until the Father sends him. He says, he's until he's going to come. So we're waiting for that day. We're waiting in expectation for that moment. As we're on in this process, there's repentance, then there's forgiveness, there's times of refreshment, and then we're waiting for all of this to be wrapped up as we do the work of ministry here on this side of heaven. And so Peter says, this was all given to us by the mouth of the prophets, which he spoke to us. In verse 22, Peter says, Moses said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him, talking about Jesus, and whatever he tells you, we listen to Jesus. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet, that prophet is Jesus, shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. Peter is saying, all of these things have been spoken about. Brothers, the word of God has not tried to hide it. There is a great restoration of all things that is coming. God is moving us back towards Eden. That's where it's leading, back full restoration. Not make America restored, but back to a total humanity restored. Full restoration. And then Peter said in verse 25, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first, to the Jewish people first. He has come to you, Jewish people. We will see later on when we walk through Acts, God's going to begin to make his way to the Gentiles. Those who are outside the covenant promises of Israel, but now in Jesus Christ, God is reclaiming all of his lost sheep from every tribe and every tongue and every people group from the face of the earth. And he said, but he made it to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. God says, I don't want to end here. Turn to the book of Revelation. Um, turn to the first page, um, 12, 18. I'm going to make this quick. Got four minutes. Jesus is that prophet that, that Moses said who's going to be raised up among you. Listen to him. He's important to listen to Jesus. He's the true prophet of all prophets. Revelation is a prophecy. Look what it says. I'm going to get there. Page 12, 18, last book of the Bible. It says, the revelation Jesus Christ, God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, verse 2, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of what? This prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who 
for the time is near. What is near? Restoration. What's that? Turn to page 1234, and these are the last words. And I can't wait. Can't wait till this moment. This is what full restoration is. And this is what Peter was saying on that day. In the meantime, we're waiting for him to crack those skies. Every now and then on a hot summer, y'all look up. Jesus, you not today? No, not yet. I got a lot of family members not saved yet. So I'll be trying to bargain with God. <laughs> got some cousins not, not in the camp yet. So I want to make sure they get in. Then I may say, well, now you can come on back. But then what about your family members? <laughs> but here we go. Revelation 20. One. Well, actually, 1233. Turn. 1233, chapter 21. Here you go. Here's the full restoration of all things. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, all of God's people coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So no more division. We're going to see God. He's going to see us. Man, we can't even comprehend that. that. Let that sink in. Face to face. Jesus right there. Wow. Millions of angels. New heaven, new earth. Look, it keeps going. He says, in that place, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more division. No more debating on CNN and NBC who's bad and who's not. There will be no more tears. There will be no more death, no more Ukraine, no more babies dying, no more murders and rapes. There will be no more death. Shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning. You won't, you won't have bad days no more. There will be no more dry times. Full refreshing. No crying. No pain anymore. You got pain in your ankles and your knees and your heart today. No more pain. Full restoration. No crying or pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new, a full restoration. And he also said, Write this down. And for those, these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. To the one who conquers will have his, this heritage, and I will be his gods, and they will be my sons. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, and the sexually immoral, sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all the liars, their portion will be in the lake, of, the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death. So I end here. Moses says he's going to raise up a prophet. He will be not like all the other prophets. This prophet is Jesus. Moses says, listen to him. The 
people that you see that are not in that city, they tried to play the ignorance card on that day, and it did not matter. It was not for them. God keeps a record. He saw them hard in their heart, human responsibility, God's providence. It's an amazing thing. I don't know how it works, but God says, you had opportunity. You chose. You like the whoremongering lifestyle, so since that's what you chose, that's where you will have your lot for all eternity. Maybe you think about it. I don't know how that works out, but I know for me and what we're preaching here at Urban Hope, we're trying to say that people flee. Flee to the one who's the true father. That's Jesus. Tell your friends. Tell your family. God is not weeping at our ignorance anymore. He has set a day where he is going to fix where he will judge every man in sin and in righteousness. We either got trying to bring our own righteousness to him, or we come, say, Lord, we, we, put, we, we got in this. Hide us behind the cross. That's our only hope. And that's where we can fully be saved in Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for baby Ellie being baptized today. Pray you keep your covenant promises to her. Bring her to saving grace and knowing who you are. Lord, we pray you do that for all of us here today. That you would open our eyes of our heart and help us to know that you love us with a personal love. Lord, help us to run to Jesus, to flee, to repent, to turn away from our own ways, but to turn to you. We thank you for it now. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet as Brother Chad comes to give the benediction. A couple of brief announcements for the benediction. Um, we will be having a good Friday service, the Friday before Easter. Um, it'll be from 6 to 7 p.m. So we'd love for you to start that new tradition for us. Now that we have our own place and space, uh, we, can, we can meet together and gather on that sacred day. And so I want to go ahead and put that on your calendar, put that before you, um, hope that you can make it. Also, in the foyer, there's a bookshelf full of old Bibles, some really good devotionals and stuff like that. That's all free. If you need a Bible, it's probably not, most of them are not the translation we're using, but if you need a Bible, if you want a devotion, there's lots of them on that shelf. It's, it's free for you to have. I'll keep that shelf updated. We get donated books. We're building a library. These are not to... You can check these out. I'll create a system for that, but those are free to a good home. Um, so I encourage you to take advantage of that. So with that being said, receive now the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of